Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. Hi, it's on. This is episode 169. It's me, Jake, and I've got a guest on the podcast. I'm at the uh, Melbourne Comedy Festival, as as you know, because you're listening to all of these, right? Don't let me don't let me down now, listener. And so I've got uh, my guest here, Joel Donnett. Hello. Yes, and uh, you are also doing the comedy festival, and that's how we know each other. I, I am. I'm very excited. Very excited to be in your room, which is uh, your number fifty-one. Um, and just to, you know, if anyone wants to come over to Melbourne and find you, and I'm in number 15, and it's exactly below your room. That's oh, it's the same room? Yeah, exactly the same room. Because they do it different here. I don't know how you do it over in uh, England with your room numbering. But, but here, they do this thing where they just go consecutive numbers, and when they go to the next floor, nobody knows. Like, I wouldn't know what floor you were on. No idea. No, it's very confusing. It's very, your room is exactly the same layout as my room, which is very odd for me, but yours is way, way cleaner. Oh, you've been a little messy in your room? I like that you've got a map on your wall, like some sort of serial killer trying to find people. Yeah, well, that's what Nish said. He said, it looks like you're invading Australia. (laughs) I bought this Australia map because before I left, and I didn't really know much about Australia, so I got the map, and then I brought it along and hung it up on the wall so I could look at it. (laughs) It's nice. Yeah, it it reminds me that I'm not in my own country. (laughs) And the the vastness of the country that we're in. It's so big. It's and so big. Oh, God. In the middle, there's nothing in the middle. And, right? like, so so these people were like, hey, we drove we drove down to see you. And I was like, oh, where did you drive from? They said, this place. And I was like, oh, how far is that? And they were like, oh, it's about four hours. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so far. And you could tell that they were like, that's not far. Like, that isn't far. No, that's, that's not, not far, far for that. here at all, I don't think. I suppose it's not far for the States either. No. It well, just... but but in the States, there would be something... I don't know what's in between anything. I made that mistake the other night, too. It was kind of a quiet crowd. And so I just thought, well, I'll, I'll just... Uh, I'll kind of interact with them a little bit, see if I can get them yeah. on board. And so I said hello to a guy who was very friendly then I asked him where he was from and it's like I realized I don't know I don't know <laughs> yeah. where that is how far it is from here what it's like there what yeah. the people, I don't have a joke about that place <laughs> yeah a completely pointless question that has no funniness at the yeah, end I of sort it. of had to apologize to him and say look I, I don't <laughs> yeah. know why I don't know why I asked you I do care I care where you're from I care about you I'm glad you came but I don't I don't know anything about <laughs> yeah, you yeah there's nothing you could say anything at all you just make something up and I'd be like yeah uh, okay yeah there's nothing there's nothing on that's that. good it's all racist or it's a, yeah. it's a city of giant women i'm the only man there yeah that'd, that'd be great i believe that yeah absolutely absolutely so yeah. is this your first time doing melbourne no i did melbourne last year oh, but yeah. only as a part of the there's a, like a little showcase an international showcase thing and i did that for two weeks and then so it was good it gave me a sort of little little sort of teaser of it and then uh yeah doing my full this first time doing my full show which is a very different experience of the festival how are you finding it I'm, li- so I'm liking it so far. It's uh, I'm used to doing this amount of time, but doing this amount of time, doing an hour and having it be just the show starts, you go on, yeah. you do your show, then you say thank you, and that's the whole show. Yeah, yeah. But it, but you're also kind of in the context of the festival, even if even if that's you're the only thing they see that night. It's this special kind of yeah. way of doing it. I don't I don't know. They understand that that is what it the, the former. You know, right? Because that's not a that's not a like you wouldn't go to another city in 
England and just go on and do this show like that, would you? Or would you? Um, not really. I suppose tour shows you kind of do, but that's usually a bit longer. So you do maybe 45 in the first section and then 50 an hour in the second section, maybe. Um, Which that seems so, that's, that seems insane. It's stupid. Like we, we are, it, it's so fascinating talking to you and all the other American comics about what your process is because it's so different to ours mainly because of Edinburgh Festival because Edinburgh Festival we just do every year we we just do, that's what we've always done and we just write a new hour every year and we go up and we do so our our year is so structured around making a new hour instead of getting that like I feel like the American thing is like getting that 10 that's like oh like super like intensely good well getting the 10 or getting your i mean usually if you're headlining a show in the states you'd be doing 45 would be about the minimum and then an hour would be the maximum so somewhere in there yeah but getting that so it works and then writing new material and sort of cycling taking a module out of your show and putting a new thing in and so so then over whatever a couple years the whole thing is is a new show yeah but it's but it's regenerated itself. It's not. I I like the idea, the way you guys do it. Of like, oh, this is my last show was about insecurity, and my new show is yeah. about security. Yeah. Know, or, <laughs> yeah, 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 or yeah. it's about your show is about I don't know what you describe love finding this yeah. person. Yeah, you know? I like story shows. Like I I find it just works for me in terms of uh, I could just do like an hour of stand up. I quite like doing sort of an hour that's got peaks and troughs and characters and you know and sort of twists and twi- the twists and turns I just it just suits me more and I feel like sometimes when you have those dead nights where they're a bit just like ah oh, we're enjoying this but we're just kind of not you know we're not loud laughers those are usually the audiences that really follow the story yes it's yeah. like instead of being laughers they go ah ooh ah like it's like you know it's nice well it's funny I had this uh, friend of mine who was big in the States and then quite successful here. And I, and I knew he had lived down here, but I didn't realize he was back here named Franklin Ajay. Mm. And uh, he came up to me. At, he had seen that show that I was telling you about that was kind of my most subdued crowd like that. Yeah. And he came up and he could... He uh, Well, obviously, he's another comedian. So you like to have a comedian who witnessed it. Just yeah, so you can yeah. Go, did you saw that, right? I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, did, I, did my, I did my part, right? Yeah. I did my part. I put in the effort. And he said, Richard Pryor said to him one time that, you know, you don't try to be funny. Try to be interesting, which is kind of yeah. exactly what you were just saying. Yeah, I think it's far easier to be. It's like, it's way better to start with something interesting and make it funny than it is to start with something funny and make it interesting, you know? Yeah, I yeah. think it's better that way around. And so if I try to come up with a story that's at least gripping in a slight, slight way and then try and make it funny. Well, if you're doing, if you're doing an hour every year new in Edinburgh and then you've got to get a new hour and then when you're going on tour and you're trying to do a 45 and then a 50 set, so you you sort of... You're doing the new hour, but then you're keeping some stuff around that you might do again in that show. Or how does how does so how does that differ? The way I do it is that people do it in different ways. But I I tour every two years, and then so the tour show is a combination of the two shows that I've written over those two years. And I probably you people do go every two years to Edinburgh. It's fine to do that. I like to go every year just because even though probably I would write a better show if I did it every two years, but 
it makes me a better comedian to go every year. And mm-hmm. so it's actually like quite a selfish reason that I go and you know, it pushes me. It, I, you know, in school I was, um, I was always, I would never do my homework unless it was due the next day, you know? So it's the same sort of thing. I need to have that wolf barking at my door, if that's even a phrase. Um, I don't I know if wolves, well, they must bark. Do they bark? They yeah. howl. I do know they howl. They howl, definitely howl. But I don't know if they would howl at a door. What they do, howl at the moon. What do, they might scratch at your door. What, what do wolves do when they're just on, like, low key? Do they, like... I think there's some growling. You know? They're just, like... If they're hanging out with other wolves, they do that neck-biting thing. Oh, okay. You know, they're kind of like dogs. They're trying to figure out who's the top, the alpha wolf. Yeah. I think. You know, like comics around at the comics. That's just, you yeah, know, Yeah, do you think that's what's going on? I, I, don't, I don't feel like I'm participating in the alpha comic thing. But, I mean, that's maybe that's a sign that I'm not the alpha comic, right? I don't, I don't know what it's like in the States, but, like, it's, so, oh, it's such a good bunch of comedians here at the festival. Don't you think? That's what I'm finding. It's very friendly. I oh, went out with, so uh, nice. Al Murray yesterday and uh, oh, Tim Vine, Tim Vine, and Justin, Justin and, Morehouse. Yeah, yeah, and, such a good bunch. And, and Lou. Yeah. And we went to see the Australian Rules Football, so it was yeah. kind of great because I'm with people from a complete different country from me, but they all know each other. Yeah. And then they're explaining to me a sport that they just learned how it works last week. Yeah. And so it was really it's such fun. a bizarre game, Aussie Rules. It's so bizarre. I went to see it last year, and it's, it's as if they've just gone, like, throw a ball in the middle and go, go. Like, just go. Well, so this is what... Al was explaining is that uh, that game, Aussie Rules Football, was invented so that cricket players could stay in shape during the off-season. Really? And so that's why they play it on the cricket pitch, you know, the big round thing or oval, whatever that shape is. And then, and then that's why there's a, that amount of players on a team. It's so that they can all be playing at the same time. Oh. And then that's why it, you get, you can have a six or a one-point score, depending on which goal you kick it through. Oh, so it's like the same scoring system, essentially. But they call it they call it football. But you can they could they call it footy, but you can use your handies. You can you know they're catching it and they're bouncing it. I mean, it's not it's really more hands than feet with the ball. It's really odd, isn't it? And then they've got this thing where they sort of punch the ball. They yeah, they like, don't throw it to each other. They, they, they got and it's shaped like a sort of like an American football, more like a rugby ball because it's sort of Bit rounded bigger, on the end. Yeah, but yeah, they had they punch the pointy end when they're getting getting it throwing it to another person. They just punch it over to them, it's, and they're just all running around. And while they're running, and you can only I don't know what the rules are, but you have, you run a few steps and then you have to bounce the ball. Yeah. And then there's some rule about if someone's kicking it to go in between the goalposts, but another player can touch it before it goes through. And yeah. even if even if they touch, if they hit the ball and push it between the goalposts, it's still it's like well that doesn't count because technically they deflected it. It's it's like I feel like they've combined every sport and like everything they put everything in the blender. It's like netball. It's like basketball. It's like. American football, rugby, football, cricket. It's like everything together. And instead of it, like all these great games, and someone was like, it's going to create a great game. It's just created this absolute 
mishmash. Of it's a mess. And then if they were, I was, someone was telling me, if you sit down close, you, you can hear the referees because there's about four or five referees that are running around in yeah, amongst in, a, in amongst the like 28 players or however many it is. It's insane. If you can get down where you can hear the referees, a lot of the conversations they'll blow the whistle, and then there's sort of a friendly explanation about, well, mate, you really intended. To, he was intending this, and you intended that, and so that's why you're not allowed. That's why in this case. That's not okay, you know. It's like it's like a massive game of kiss chase. It's just everyone just running around in a playground. Well, and I think that's because it was made up as just a way for these guys to stay fit. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And yeah. then they're all competitive athletes, so they had to make a way. Well, how do we score it? How can we win it? Yeah, you know, I don't just want to run run around and punch a ball and try and kick it through a thing. I want to win. Let's make it competitive. Yeah. The, um, the funniest thing I find is there's a massive advertising campaign out here that says, like, it goes, like, Aussie rules. It's as if we invented it. You're like, what are you, what are you trying to say with that? They did invent it. They did. It's, it's in the name of it. Like, obviously you invented it. What? what? And, they, and they only, they play it mostly in this, in Victoria, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is this is this where they play it mostly? Is this yeah this province, this okay. where Melbourne is, uh, over where Sydney is in uh, what's that one called? That's that, New South Wales. Is that New South Wales? Yeah, they, they, it's they have teams, but it's not as big there as it is here. Are you going to Sydney after this? No, not this trip. I'm going to go to I'm going to Adelaide after oh, this for four nights and then and then home. Okay, I think and it's I don't know how I'm going to feel about it because <laughs> because you'll miss me. Yes, yes, that is right. That is right. You can say it, mate. Normally I don't like guessing, but uh, (laughs) I think you got it in one. We just have breakfast together. It's nice. Well, that is the thing about this hotel is you go downstairs. I went down today kind of trying to gauge, like, the time, the clocks just changed. So should I go down now? Will people be down there? There's always people down there. No, it was a little lonely at first. And then there was one comic who who I'd only met once on the street. Maybe he didn't. I sat at the big table thinking, well, I'll sit at the big table, I'm first, yeah. and then people would join me. And then Alex, who I knew, came down, and he saw the other guy who hadn't sat with me, because I guess he didn't know me that well. And then Alex made this choice to go sit with Tom. Oh, no. I think they were working on something together, so they had a plan to meet up. But it felt really just like, oh, that's what's happening now? Okay. I mean, we're two weeks in, and now we're picking teams. Okay. <laughs> so the splinter group has become the main group now, I understand. That's fine. Yeah. What is this device? Oh, that is a, uh, that's a, well, it's a little bit, I'm attached to the other thing on it, but it's a thing oh. that your phone can go in, so you can, it's not a selfie stick. Oh, it's just like the thing that holds the thing. Yeah, well, you can, it's easier to make, I've been making some little videos. That I thought there was some together. sort of like stargazing device that you, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is great podcast material. But it I is, mean, because we're talking about a thing that you can't see. If but, you were in the room right now, you would be howling. You do, yeah, and you would want to pick it up. It has a weight to it. It's thing. great. It feels yeah. expensive. Yeah, it wasn't that expensive. It wasn't that expensive. I, that. I like, like your little diary. It's got. I've got my diary. Got, I've got my little workouts. Workout I didn't mean for you to see there. that, but it's got my oh, workouts just, just, and it's got whether or not I meditated. As you can see, yesterday <laughs> I missed. I put. I say I took the day off, but really what happened was I meant to and I didn't do it. <laughs> like you didn't take the day off. No, I didn't meditate. Oh, you didn't I, meditate. I, okay. I meant to meditate, but I didn't. I like you just casually just left it on the table. You're like, hey, yeah. that's how many push-ups I'm I can do. I'm working out. What I'm meditating. Mm-hmm. Whatever, mate. You know, yeah. I, can, I can put in them. I have to write down how many push-ups I do just because otherwise I won't, you know, I'll just be, oh, that's enough. I have to write it down and mark it off. and then I have to write at the start of festivals. I have to write down, go through the, the brochure and write down all of the shows I want to see. 
So that's I, what's going on here. Yeah, that's what's going on here. And then I have to transfer it into a list form, and yeah. if I put them in a list, and, and that's these, and that's then these. I cross them off. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, I don't see anything. Because for me, the gratitude and the the feeling of relief when I cross off uh, something off a list is far greater than going to watch a show. You know, I love watching it's shows. Love to, it's great to watch the show, but, but it really feels good to say I watched it. Oh, uh, yeah. I did that. That's the thing that I did. That putting that line through it, and you're like, oh! I've had such bad luck. I've been trying to go watch uh, Felicity Ward's show, and uh, the first night was the ter- the night I had a sort of a terrible show, and, and my friend was there, so I was like, well, I'm just going to hang out with him. I'm not going to go. And I tweeted that I was going to go. So I really felt like oh, no. oh, it was worse than writing it down. Yeah, I told yeah, the yeah. internet I was going to do it. Such a commitment. And so I thought, well, last night I'm going to do a makeup on that. And I got there and it was sold out. I couldn't get in. Oh, and yeah. they wouldn't let me stand in the back because it's at this venue where the woman said, they will kill me and I'll be fired oh, if God. I let you in to stand in the back. Such an aggressive bunch of people. It seems like they're pretty tough. <laughs> they're pretty tough at that venue. And then you go to some of the other places and they don't care what you do. It's that way you've got the map of uh, Australia on your on your wall because you're just you're plotting to kill the venue staff slowly. No, I, she wouldn't be killed by me. She she told me she would be killed by her bosses if she let me in. I like that if an ex came into your room and it'd be like that an episode of Homeland where you've got like I've got some X's and some pins and, and a little like, photo. What if I'd taken all the photos from the little program and <laughs> yeah, cut them out yeah. and then taped them on where they're from or where, yeah. they're, where the houses are this is how it's going you're like I'm going to come back to Melbourne this year and there's going to be next year there's going to be no comedians left it's just going to be me I'm going to sell out every night yeah listen you know one of the complaints people have is it's very competitive and I've figured a way I've, I've got a solution and I'm not calling it the final solution I'm just calling it the solution <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just going to kill them all. Like, you're just working out in your room, just like, like, <laughs> push ups. Yeah, it's like a, taxi. a prison cell. I don't know if you saw a taxi driver, but um, <laughs> that's sort of a how to for me. Oh, you're just holding like this heavy selfie stick, like uh, yeah. in a mirror doing strange squats. Um, but yeah, I'm having such a great time, are you? Isn't it the funnest festival ever? Well, I don't have a lot of experience with festivals, so, oh. but I feel like this is a fun one. It's everybody says they like it more than Edinburgh because it's a little more friendly and less less competitive for the audience. Yeah. Or what would you say? You know? Yeah, it's just less. There's less shows, mm-hmm. so it's you know. Whereas there's like five hundred shows, I think here four hundred, five hundred shows, which feels like a lot, but uh, Edinburgh is like something like two thousand or something crazy, yeah. and it's just it, even though it's you feel like the city knows that the festival's on, but, you know, it doesn't encroach on the city too much. Well, because the size of this city is bigger than... Than Edinburgh, Edinburgh. I suppose, yeah. Yeah. Whereas Edinburgh, it's like the festival takes over the city. Like, it takes over. Whereas here, it's like you just walk past the town hall and there's people handing up flyers. But even still, though, everywhere you walk in that has festival shows, like the building I'm in, the Greek Centre will have five, I think... Venues with three shows a night in each one, and then yeah. the town hall. Who knows how many shows are in there? So, you could. I was jokingly on the podcast talking about uh, before I came down. I'll oh, get a plane ticket and come down. As like that, that someone would do that. Yeah. But actually, I kind of feel like now having been here, that's that would be a plan. That would be a thing yeah. that I would say. If you live in America, and you want to come to Australia, come down, come to this fest, stay in Melbourne for a week. Yeah. Or two during the comedy festival, go see a bunch of shows and then go see Australia. That's it's, a... it's so nice. It's such a great city. I think it really suits me as a city because 
it's a really uncool city trying desperately to be cool. <laughs> and I think that really suits me. Do you, you know? feel like it's that? Is it that uncool? I, it's just a city, you know? It's just a city. It is a city, but they've really worked hard on their coffee. I feel that's like it, the, you know? I feel like the coffee thing, they, they can legitimately be proud of that. Oh, it's good. I, I like it that they've like, they've made a thing that is a thing all over the world and pretended it that it's their thing. Like, you're like, oh, so what's, what's Melbourne famous for? And everyone's like, I mean, we're really good at breakfast. You're like, yeah, I mean, I mean, you mean the first meal of the day, of the day yeah, that yeah. one? Like yeah. a third of the meals across the world. What? Yeah. But yeah. breakfast is a good, I find when I go to New Zealand, where my wife is from, the best food in New Zealand is the kind of lunchy, breakfasty, like the quiche egg thing. Yes. That's yeah, yeah. their best. The thing that old ladies have been doing <laughs> yes. in that country forever. Yeah. The young hipsters have now adopted and figured it out. Absolutely. But they're not so good. I mean, I've, I've had some good meals in New Zealand, but really the lunch, you really want to hit it hard at lunch and take it easy at dinner in New Zealand. The, that's my advice. <laughs> guys, if there's anything you want to learn from this podcast, take it easy, go for it at lunch. The, yeah. um, me and, me and another comedian were having a really good conversation the other day about, you know, that sort of, um, that cliched notion that if you go past a, say, a Chinese restaurant, there's lots of Chinese people in there, then you know it's a good Chinese yeah, restaurant. Yeah. Um, if I, as a sort of slightly hipster-looking man, is in a cafe, do you think people go past and go like, it's probably a good cafe? <laughs> <It's> like, Possibly. <laughs> Let me take. Let's have a look at your beard because I feel like it's trimmed up a little. It, I trimmed it up. You've got a good solid haircut, short back and sides. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I feel like you. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like I'd like your beard to be just a little longer just, before okay. I trust you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah everyone. <laughs> and the hipster thing. People will pause that. But like, I feel like that's a compliment mm. to you. You're not doing a thing that everybody's doing. You're doing your thing. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks very much. Yeah. I'm a slight hip. I'm not not quite reached the hipster realm. You're not in the douche area. Yes. Yeah. You're out of that douche zone. <laughs> you're you're a, you're a legitimate hipster. That's what I'd say about it's you. It's a right great now. name for a, a new show next year, Melbourne. Joel Domer out of the douche zone. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to say legitimate hipster. I mean, yeah, both no, of that's them. pretty trouble. You're getting back into the douche zone with legitimate hipster. <laughs> I can put that as a as a sort of uh, Lord of the Rings uh, colon two towers. You can have yeah, Joel Domit out of the douche zone colon legitimate hipster. <laughs> yeah, I like it that you got two colons in there. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Good. I'm sad that you've already picked your name for your next year's show. Oh my god, it's so stressful. Would, can you go public with it? Yeah, it's um, it's called Joel Domit pretending to smoke a breadstick. Yeah, so stupid. Makes me really laugh. I, I told someone it's into the kid douche zone. That's, yeah. a, that's a weird yeah. douchey. Th- if kids can be said to be douchey, but you know that's that little kid thing. That at least I don't know if kids still do that. Smoking is so. It's true. It's so, it's yeah. It's so sort of uh, nobody really does it anymore. But I uh, I used to always always pretend to smoke with a breadstick when I was a kid yeah and so I just got a, hopefully a funny poster of me pretending to smoke a breadstick with like smoke coming out of my mouth looking super cool and slightly almost a legitimate hipster and yeah. uh yeah but absurd because you're smoking a breadstick and I'm just like I'm really excited about next year's show <clears throat> excuse me so um I think next year's gonna be about a lot of people talk 
uh, to me this year about what was true and what was not true in my show. And so I thought, I'd uh, make... which I don't even want to know what's not true in your show. It's such a good show, which you can only see for about another couple of weeks, and then it's going to be come down to Melbourne. They've got yeah. great breakfast. And what's this one called again? Uh, this one's called Conquer. Um, for again, for no reason. So originally, oh. it was called Conquer because I was going to, uh, I was trying to become world champion at Conquers, which is I don't think I don't I definitely don't have them in Australia. But I don't know whether you have them in the states. Uh, Conquer is like a horse chestnut that falls off a tree, and we have a game, like a famous game that we play in school in England, where you drill a hole through the conquer and you put string in it, and then you flick your conquer at the other person's conquer and try and break their conquer. That's basically what we used to do before Call of Duty started coming out. Uh huh. Like, yeah. Used to like hit seeds against one another. Call of Duty really puts that in the back seat, doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. You're like, hey, do you want me? Do you want to hit this thing that fell off a tree against your thing that fell off a tree? You're like, um, no, I want to kill forty thousand troops. Um, I. So you were going to become? That's what your show was about. I was originally that was what it was going to be about. That was my original idea. I was going to try and become world champion at something, and. So it's called Conquerors in, because Conquerors in the Think Falls a Tree is spelled C-O-N-K-E-R. And so I, the poster was me with a conquer in my mouth, and but spelled conquer, I thought it would be a funny pun. Then I changed my show, and it was a terrible decision. <laughs> it was a terrible decision to call it that. It was such a commitment. So it's still called that. It's still called that, but it's about a completely different and thing. And now you have to kind of make it... Fit, right? Because the show that I saw is about you trying to find this woman that then turns out to be this dream come true. Yeah. Well, it's it's not the it, you don't get what you thought you were going to get, but you get what you you don't get you don't get what you wanted, but you get what you need. Exactly. Like yeah. any good story, you it's it's you get what you want. It's a super satisfying show. Thank but then you. Then it turns out to be complete bullshit, right? <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not complete bullshit. I promise you. I promise you. It's. Um, I'd say like. I'm gonna say eighty five percent true to ninety five. Are you in a happy relationship with a woman that no, you really care about now? Absolutely not. No. This is okay. that's the that's essentially the 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 bit that that people have a problem with. And but did that happen at some point, and then it went wrong? But you've yes. already written the show, so it was never really like a "Oh my god, I love you" sort of thing. A moment. Basically, the whole show was about me trying to find this lady, and and um, basically, I find a different lady, but who was there all along, sort of thing. And uh, and yeah, we were never we would we were I was really good friends with this lady, and then we did get together, and then we both were like. Ah, this is weird. Okay, let's be friends again. You know, that yeah, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. And so it's a bit of that story. Usually with my Edinburgh shows up until now, they've all the stories that are in the show are true. And then the through line of the show is sort of an embellished, connected version of three stories, usually. So, mm-hmm. you know, there was a lady that I saw on the train and I did try and find her. And then there's my best friend who we did become boyfriend and girlfriend. We got back together and then we... So, so this dip, I combined all those stories into one story. Now I gotta ask another question: Did you actually find the girl in real life? I'm gonna no, I didn't find her. Oh, but I really did try, and we yeah, did get a lot yeah, of retweets, yeah. but we didn't find her. Um, yeah. And it, it was that I just love stories. I love stories, and I love creating stories. I love creating characters. I love doing that. It's stuff. such a great. It's a, such a great uh, show because it is kind of 
like a movie. Yeah. You know, the the way the stories fit together, like as you say, it's it's really great. And and it's interesting to me to kind of feel like, oh, well, that's an option. I mean, I'd rather know the truth of it so yeah. that then I can say to myself, look, well, this is what I could do if I wanted to do that. Yeah. I could do that too because it was so satisfying to watch and, and listen to, you know? It, it was something that I really wanted to do because I, I, my stories up until now have kind of been, have been true. And so this year I really, I was like, oh, I think I just want to create a story show, like a real, let's just go with it and see what I can create. And, uh, and I really like it as a show, but essentially the problem with it is that that feeling that it's not, not true. Like at the end of the show, you know, I'm saying that it's a real satisfying ending of like, I got together with the girl that, that everyone wants me to be with in the show, you know, and I've not got a girlfriend. So I'm absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but, but from myself. that point of view, I guess what people are then bummed about is that they, they you're presenting it as if, this yeah. is, these are things that happened to me. But if you just started the show and say, some of these things actually happened to me and some of these things are things that I wish happened to me, and then you t- told the same story as actually told. Yeah. If you just said those two sentences at the beginning, yeah. they wouldn't be mad at you. It's like, come on, how mad can they really be at you if that's, if that's, yeah. if that's what the problem is? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, yeah, uh, weirdly, I wrote that down yesterday. I was like, I'm going to start the show by saying um, some of this is... True, and some of the following isn't true, but find out what you will from that, or whatever. Yeah. And um, then do the show and still... Uh, someone was telling me, I think a couple of days ago, that Dan- Kitson did a show, Daniel Kitson. So if you don't know, in the States there's a comedian called Daniel Kitson. He's famously known as sort of essentially the best comedian of our generation in England. And um, he kind of has been for years. He's just so good. And he creates these amazing shows. And he did this story show that at the start he said this is completely untrue and um, then he did the show and it was such a a powerful story that people would come up to him afterwards and be like but yeah but what happened to him and what happened to him and he... yeah well that's what I was going to say I've got a friend uh, Greg Barrett who was down last year he had to go home early because he got uh, stomach cancer he's been on the he's fine now he's fine everyone um, he went to Edinburgh, didn't he? Did he go to Edinburgh? I don't once? know if he went to Edinburgh, but he, he's got a story about this trip prior to his comedy career where he went and played music in Japan and became yeah. a, a cult favorite over there. And it's sort of based on things that he... It, 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 it's the same thing, where he would go up and he would say at the beginning of the show, like, this is a story, I'm going to tell you a story. Yeah. But it's a story about him. But he, he's like, it's a story. I made it up. And then it was so real and bizarre that then people... Like, he told it to me. I asked him about it. He told it to me while we were walking around on the street. And then we're halfway in, and I'm asking him questions about it to clarify things in the story. Yeah. Because I've already forgotten that it's made up. You so, know? Um, tonight, I'm going to do that for you. Oh, I can't wait to see you how and find out how. Oh, I hope it goes well because if it doesn't, it's going to be I think a tough. It's, I think it's just a really interesting thing to do to see whether people can connect to a story, even if they don't have that sort of. We well, don't even of have to make a massive deal out of it. No, all you have to do words. is go. Hey, tonight I'm going to tell you some things that really happened and some things that I wish had really happened. Yeah, and decide what you think is which. But this is. This is this year's show or next year's show. 
is really I'm doing a whole story about lying um, and then talking about what was true and what was not in my past shows. So I think it's a really interesting thing. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've done it a couple of times, just previews and stuff. And I've got this whole story that I tell. And then in the last sort of 10, 15 minutes, I go back through the story and tell them what was true and what was not. And if, if it wasn't true, why I lied and what it was based on. You know, because we, I think we all have stories of stand-ups that are like, you know, maybe it happened to someone else or like it happened to you and then you've changed like an something, a part of it, maybe there's a woman in the story, you change it to a man, or maybe this and this, and you're like, why you changed that and what your feeling behind it was. I think it's just a really interesting thing. I have a real um, anal... The Midwest of the United States is, you know, honest. I got this ethic thing, so if I'm telling a story and I realize that I'm embellishing it, I, I kind of can't... I have to tell people like oh this, yeah. this didn't happen to me or or this other this is a joke about a thing that we're talking about but that someone else said and this is that person yeah and so i'm really picky about that kind of stuff yeah, yeah, for yeah. myself just to myself yeah and now i'm married to uh to my wife who and then who else would i be married to uh, but <laughs> but she has in in the way that most just people who aren't comedians have she has her stories and they're great she has a few stories that are really great yeah and they will vary from time to time what she's emphasizing. And then sometimes things will happen in the stories that didn't happen before. Yeah. yeah. And then I've asked her questions about the stories to clarify that she's making something sound like it's a really big deal. And then I found, you know, like it was all the money we had. And then I, you find out later, it's like that it it's was $60. I got robbed for $60 or something like that. Yeah. And so it's, funny to me to listen to her tell the stories and do the exact things that you're talking about. Yeah. And then you're going to do that and then come clean afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's it's going to be like that part of your show where you read your diary from when you were a kid where, yeah. where you're just watching it going... Oh, God. I like to try and have like... Because I was a weird kid and I realized that a couple of years ago. I was like, oh, I'm a weird... <laughs> yeah, I, was, I would just be talking to all my friends who are comedians and stuff. I'd be like, oh, yeah, but we all did that, right? And everyone would be like, no, Joel, no, nobody did that. You're really odd. And so I started writing my shows more about sort of an awkward... So in, in last year's show, I played a rap that I wrote and recorded in my shed when I was like 18. Mm-hmm. And it's... The funny thing about it... The actual... You had the actual 18-year-old you recording? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so... It's so... It, the funny thing about it is that it's quite good... And that's what if makes it funny. If you do say so yourself. It's like, I mean, it's very... I've sent it to Dr. Dre to see what he thinks about it. And, uh, but it's not like... And I think that's what's funny about the diary. Is that it's not... I couldn't have made that up. Because it would be worse than that if I made it up. You know, it would be simpler, funny devices. Instead of it being like... It's just a bit... Well, you've done a good job, too, of just excerpting these yeah. little bits so people can get a taste of the cringiness, but also it's funny and you're laughing at it and then it's over before anybody has to go, I can't, I'm having yeah. a flashback to my own childhood yeah. right now. Yeah. And this rap is it's called Limelight. And at the end, I go... I'm in, a, in an accent I, that is not my own. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you trying to cover some childhood racism thing that you did racist work <laughs> absolutely in a shed in a rather big garden in the southwest of England um, I'm like I go uh, 
um, that's what you get for wanting the limelight. The lime is bitter, but the light is bright. What a lyric. Think about it. Think about it. <laughs> and I got like, safe. It's so, <laughs> it's so, it's so fun. And so I had that like a couple of years ago. It's like the cringe bit in the middle. And then I had the diary that last year or this year. And then um, I think my next one, I found my speech that I did at my 21st birthday party. And you found a script or you found a recording? The recording of it. Oh, no. And it's so bad. Oh, no. Like, it's so bad. Like, and again, it's like, so I started when I was 22. I'm 30 now. And um, I, I'm just, I'm, I think I'm a very insecure person, like, like a lot of other comedians. But I just never really knew who I was. So I would connect. I, I would, like, latch on to someone else who's cool. Like, and I went, I moved to London. And I just started staying with this guy who was so cool. So I just started talking like him immediately. I wasn't from London, but I was just... Doing like, his accent. Doing his accent. And he was, like, properly, like, Blackney London, sort of, like... So it's kind of... You have, like, Cockney and... and uh, it's what people call... It's, like, it's like sort of... Like, what, is, yeah, what is Blackney? It's, it's, like, it's like a sort of uh, slightly urban version of... Uh, Cockney, so it's like a sort of grime version of it. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll like, I'll be going like down the down whatever down the shops or whatever. It's like and you, so you were just, you just started doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how I spoke when I was like twenty, twenty-one. Is that that's got to be a weird transition where the people who know how you really sound or how you used to sound are now hearing you sound this new way? And it's also like I'm I'm a little bit drunk. And my brother gives me a dirty pint, so he puts like loads of drinks into one drink, and I down it. A dirty pint, you call it. Yeah, and so you basically, it's the idea is that everyone on the table puts their drink into your drink, and then you have to down it, and then you have to do a speech. And was, my brother's like, he's quite a sort of a lad, and so he knows all this stuff, and we're very different. And um, he... <laughs> well, like, what do you mean, what stuff? You mean, like, give a guy a dirty pint and make him make a speech yeah, kind of stuff? Yeah, exactly. That's also <laughs> yeah. like, oh, hey, it's yeah. so much fun, well, right? That takes a group of scientists to figure <laughs> out that's going to be entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, uh, he gave me this dirty pint, and um, I did the speech. And it's just, like, weirdly, which I think is quite interesting, that's essentially the first time I ever did stand-up comedy, you could say. Because it's the first time I've ever done a speech in front of an audience. Uh-huh. It's the first time I ever got laughs from an audience of people when I'm speaking. Um, first time I've ever got, like, had a microphone in my hand. And, and I'm like saying stuff like about my, my dad. And, and I'm just, just talk, and I, I say to my granny, <laughs> like, I, like, all my family are there. And I say like... I keep swearing and stuff. Like, like all my family are there. Wait, wait. So, oh, I get it. So this is your 21st birthday. Yeah. But it's also a moment where you've got to make a speech anyway. Yes. But then your brother says, you know, it'll be make this better. Yeah. As if you did. Do have the dirty pipe. And I'm like, oh man. So, so you're doing, I'm adding it all together yeah. because I didn't realize that these, all these things were connected when you start with the way you've been telling the story. So, you are currently living with this super cool guy. You're yeah. talking with your black cockney accent. Yeah. And you've just drank a dirty pint on your 21st birthday where it's like a party where your whole family is there. To so watch I went back to Bristol, had this party in a marquee 
in What's my garden, a uh, like a big tent in my garden. And it, it was a big thing that my, that all my friends were like, this is ridiculous. Like this party is bigger than a wedding. Like it was a wedding. It was like a huge... Well, it's, it reminds me of a bar mitzvah type yeah. of a situation. But, yeah. But you weren't a bar mitzvah. You're not Jewish. No, not at yeah. all. Not at all. But, um, you know, I just wanted to feel part of it. And yeah. I... Was this your idea or your parents' idea, this 21st birthday? Well, my thing? brother had a 21st birthday and they spent money on it. And so my mum spent something like... It, was, it wasn't much, probably like £2,000 on it or something. And um, so she was always like, you can have a 21st birthday if you want. Yeah, and I assume in the States it's maybe it's kind of 21st is a rite of passage sort of age, kind well, of. Well, yeah, kind of, but you've already, you, it's a rite of passage because that's the age that you can officially, legally drink. Drink, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. But, but realistically, kids are drinking before then. But I, I don't know when I would say that is, because you've already, most Americans who are going to college go right after high school, so that would be, they were yeah. leaving home around 18 so by the time you're 21 you've already been away from home for so long that it would be weird to come back back and have a party like that but that's the way it sounds like it is actually. i went back i went back and then friends from london traveled down from london which is about three hours away and um you know i'm there just going oh thank you all so much for coming you know like fucking Granny, thank you. <laughs> oh no! Oh, and you God. found there's a recording of there's a the, recording of it. And who made it. the recording? Was that your brother? Thank you, thank you, brother, for Thanks. capturing this forever. Yeah. Now I'm in show business. I can really use it. Oh, oh. God! And oh, this is another great thing. <laughs> this is another great thing. The theme of it. I wanted to give it a theme. Yeah. Well, right. You know, you got to give it a theme. The theme of it. I'm loving it if it's Star Trek. Oh, no. Right. No, what is the it's theme? It's almost worse. It's, uh, the theme was black, red, smart, casual, glamour. <laughs> what does that even mean? Black, red. So, so you're supposed to, you meant to wear black or red or black, black or and red. red. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And smart, casual, glamour. So basically just wear whatever you want as long as it's black and red. And but kind of dress up. So like, so because I have a lot of friends that are like, Skaters and and hipstery people, I suppose, what you consider now. And um, so I didn't want to make them dress up and make them feel awkward about it all. And I don't really like, you know, dressing up, but I did because it was my twenty first. <laughs> and we we so people would just wear black and red, and people would dress up, and some people didn't dress up as long as we were in black and red. So we all felt like we we're connected. But then we and then they they made the marquee all black and red with all this black and red stuff and it was only when it was all put up that I was like this looks like a Nazi rally it's yeah it's really it's I mean it's very sort of fascist 40s but it's good on your parents for making this weird childish dream of yours come yeah. true and then inviting all their grown up friends and your yeah. granny to watch you just do this thing that they they must see it coming they must know yeah. like this is going to be so terrible for him to look back on later because, <laughs> because it's we're allowing him to make this giant public mistake someone record this someone record this and is um, it on video do you have the video too the video of the speech yeah yeah oh i've got it that's this i've got that so people are going to see it and hear it in yeah. your show yeah, yeah yeah oh mate if you don't fly down next year 
You're making a giant mistake, oh I'm telling God. you. I'm so... Uh... Just do one little excerpt. I mean, you do, I know you did your fucking granny part, but just do one other little excerpt from the speech that you can remember. What was one of the most embarrassing, cringy things um, you said in it? I remember saying... Yeah, I just remember saying granny and fucking in the same sentence. And I was yeah. absolutely destroyed by that. And I was just thanking everybody. But I remember just being funny. Like it's, and I, and yeah. This is the thing about it. It's like... It actually, looking back on it, there was some funny stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I talked about the fact that it looked like a Nazi regime, and, and but this is all off the top of my head, and I was like, oh, this is fun. This is good. This is good. And then you, you start stand-up comedy, and you realise that it's a long, old, treacherous road of, of writing jokes. Oh, and, well, that's like those guys who come up to you after the show and tell you about, oh, everybody says I'm the funniest person in the office. The, uh, or, yeah. I got some great stories. I'm going to do stand-up. And it's just like, yeah, why don't you try and yeah. tell me? Tell me the story about the coffee machine. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be as good as you think. <laughs> it usually turns out to be racist. That's the, anyone who comes up to you after a show goes, I've got a good one for you. You're like, uh, I bet you don't. And then, and then when they want you to, go, when they go, so you can put that in your show. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like I don't know where I put in the racist part. Of it. <laughs> I don't. Imagine yeah. that. It would just feel really odd. Just slightly go, just go pop one in and go. That was from somebody else. I don't know. Sorry about that. Yeah, that was a little guest. I decided to put a guest joke in. <laughs> Someone told me last night. I thought it was a good idea. You know, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. Maybe I should start that at the start of my show. Be like, guys, some of the stuff in the show, show is true. Some of it's not. There's also one joke from somebody else in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> and it's incredibly racist. <laughs> but I promised him I would do it. I was drunk, but fair enough. I did promise. I saw that great Aussie... Uh, the, um, the great, is it the great Aussie Patriots show last night? Yeah, yeah, yeah where, they're, where they're, they're being these ultra, which we would call in America, like they're, they're the super right-wing yeah. teabag, tea party kind of yeah. in, in the States. I suppose the sort of the Trump-esque... Sort of thing. I well, no, even beyond that, because I feel like Trump has kind of hijacked yeah. that thing in the States, because he's not really that. He's that mixed with this weird corporate thing and also a TV, yeah, you know, odd. reality show kind of almost stand-up comedy. I mean, if if what he was doing was a satire, he could he could just go, oh, this is a satire. And we'd all go, oh, what a relief. What a it's genius. Great. It's great. I, imagine that. I mean, that, that would be the best thing ever. Imagine if just as... He, I mean, he was about to get elected, and then he just goes, "Guys, this has been a prank all along. It's just the best comedy character, and really, he's like an English dude who's just like got a two. Oh, he has on. an, he has a complete other voice, complete I think other that's accent, beyond. and he's just like written books and stuff, and it's just been like it's. He takes off the thing, and it's actually Sasha Baron Cohen. It's been Sasha Baron Cohen the oh, entire time. It would be my favorite thing that he's done. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I think the subtext to me of Trump sometimes is I pretend that he's actually doesn't want to get he's this has gone too far. It started off as a joke and yeah. now he doesn't really want to go get elected. So now everything he does is designed to get him thrown out of the election. Yeah. But in in this weird comedy of errors it like makes him more successful like yeah. because if you look at it that way the things he's doing make sense. It's like so oh, true. women who get abortion should get put in prison. Why would you say that if it wasn't to get thrown out of the election? Yeah, and he know? thinks that he's going to oh, this is the thing guys I really don't I don't I just don't want to be president. Okay, um I don't want to admit that this has all been a joke though. Yeah. I feel like that's people are going to be super <laughs> mad if I do that. So I'm just, what I'm going to say is, like the other day he said, um, in order to have better international security, more countries should have nuclear weapons. He said that. Amazing. It's like, 
<laughs> it's like, and he's got to be thinking like, surely that got me thrown out of the election, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah, no, it's sorry, like, man. Everyone's just like, yeah, like no. You're, you're up. You're still beating Ted Cruz. Unbelievable. I tried to. I watched the new series of House of Cards, and I just couldn't really get into it. I was wondering why, and I was like, oh, it feels just like this is a bit realistic compared to. But which one are they on now? They're on the third season, right? Fourth. Okay. Yeah. See, because I watched the first season and I thought it was good, but then he. Spoiler alert. Then he murders somebody. Yeah. And himself. And then he's going to get elected president. It just seemed like, well, this is too insane. Yeah. It's too insane. It's like a comic book. It's not, it you is know, because it's meant to be about real American yeah. politics, but it's a comic book, the things that happen. Yeah, like, you yeah, can't, yeah. You can't actually do that. I believe a politician could have someone murdered, but they're not, but not, not murder them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous. And that, weirdly, that murder then. That for the two series, basically, it's the sort of thing that that drives the entire narrative of like that's what he's capable of. Yeah, it's. Um, yeah. I thought the third series was amazing. I thought the fourth series was odd, but I also, was, I didn't. I've realised that you can only judge how good a series is by how much attention you give it. Like, right. If you watch, yeah. If you watch all of them, scoreboard, you and you, you just you, watch it. Good. I kind of watched this whole series whilst I just got to Melbourne, and I was kind of like. You know, watching it, but I was also like in a different room doing other things. And like, and I was like, oh, I don't know whether I really enjoyed that. But then I realized I was like, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch that at all. I like, I essentially oh, went oh, through. Okay, the, I see. So. I went through the motions of watching the thing, but I didn't watch it because uh-huh. we, you know, I had it on an iPad, and I was just like walking around with it on the iPad, putting it down, cooking whilst doing it, and then like, it's hard though to watch. Yeah, it's hard to for me to find the time when I'm just going to sit down and watch a thing in a room by exactly. myself. Yeah, just you know, shit to do, man. You've got so many press ups to be doing in your room, you know. And I got to do them, and then I got to write them down. <laughs> it's a documentary thing. I think I don't really have the space on my hard drive to do a video of me doing all my. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, I'll send you a copy of my speech I did at my twenty first. Take up some more hard drive space, you know. It's great. Uh, I want to see it. How long is it? It's long. It's like, I'm saying like 12 to 13 minutes long. Like, long. Yeah. It's really long. It is your birthday. But do you think people were doing some eye-rolling teeth grinding during it? Or do you think it was just like, oh, this is what we thought? I think I just steadily become more drunk throughout it. So it's, everyone's just like, oh, this is, I mean, I think about three minutes in, I start to wrap it up. Mm -hmm. And then another 10 minutes happens which is generally what happens when I do stand-up comedy <laughs> so, so this is what I really enjoy with stand-up this is what I do with this show actually pretend to wrap it up early on and it gets people's attention it makes people relax if you like because they start to think it's going to be over yeah I went to see David Cork did you yeah. met David Cork I love him so much so I, great I just I saw him Early, early in the festival, and then I've run into him a few places. But he does a thing where he passes out his set list, you know, his list yeah. of his bits that he's going to do. And he goes, well, he says, I've got this up in front. So I thought it's fair enough for you to all have it, too. That's that, so funny. That way you'll know where we are in the show. It's kind of relieving to think, well, if you're, if you're not enjoying it, that it's, oh, we've only got a few more of That's things to so get funny. Yeah. That's so funny. He, um, he's so good. It's, uh, yeah, and if you, it's like that thing of, you really do feel like it's, you know, people, 
uh, that classic device of grabbing the mic stand and putting it up and then doing your last joke in the mic stand or whatever. Yeah. It, you can feel like a new lease of life in the audience of like, oh, it's over, cool, we better get this last one all, of, all we've got, you know? Well, but that, that, that's the thing to me in the context of this festival that I was saying earlier, too, is people want to, they, they want to watch a show, but they want it to be 50 minutes or 55 minutes because they've got to get to another yeah. show after your show or they've got to... You're part. You're in the context of this other bigger thing. You know? Yeah, it's yeah, our, our shows are all fifty to an hour long. Um, I prefer that, like if if I can make my show forty nine minutes, that's a perfect show for me. Except I found like I did my show the other night during the terrible Thursday, and <laughs> terrible the woman go, the woman goes, "Will you?" The woman, the the house manager. Her name is Ro, and she's a very nice woman. <laughs> woman, I know. Turn the lights I on, I know please. the woman's name. Her name is Ro, and that's short for Rowena, which is a name we don't have in the United States. And we also call we don't call it a garden; we call it our yard because our garden is where we grow vegetables. But oh, really? Yeah, oh, just that's... for people who might be listening okay. who think that everybody's trampling trampling around on a bunch of tomatoes during your birthday. That's not what happened. Um, so. Uh, so she says, oh, you came down at five after or whatever it was, so just at 50 minutes. And I said, well, that's not my fault. You know, yeah. I did the same amount of material. It's just their part. They, they, they really shortened up their part of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a conversation, guys. We've got to both Yeah, the you know, five minutes it. of the show that you think you didn't saw was just you laughing. So. Yeah, you guys, you didn't put in your five minutes worth of effort, please. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it, I did one that was like fine. It was like my one, which I was like, ugh. And annoyingly, loads of comedians were in to watch me that night. Um, That's a toughie. It was really frustrating. You, was it fun for them, though? Yeah, they laughed at the bits, which... They, I mean, it, people were laughing. It was definitely just... I, I always feel it. I, that's, uh, that's why I think you get better as a comedian. You, you, you generally just get better. But you also... You become less phased in higher-stakes situations. That's what I realized was actually going on because mm -hmm. that's an experience that I don't have touring in the States. And so that idea of like, where do you go when you realize what's happening, when you realize, oh, this crowd is going to be not as responsive. They're not going to be filling up their five minutes of the show. Yeah. So how do I get to the energy? How do I do the show for them in the same way that I would yeah. if they were putting in their five minutes of laughing? Yeah. And it's, that's why... I've sort of slowly learned how to do it and sometimes you get it right sometimes you get it wrong but then that's why I have that option so it's like I like to have that story show so if they don't if they're not super laughers like in Edinburgh sometimes when they, it's wet outside and it's a Sunday and it's just a bit sort of like ugh and they all kind of come in and they're never going to be like woo like crazy I mean I've done I've done shows in the States before and it seems like they come to the show with more energy in general they just they're more energetic people, and they're just a bit. Um, I'm not going to say they're nicer because I'm sure they're not, and I haven't experienced a lot. No, of they're not. They're definitely not. <laughs> no, they're nice. They're nice people. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to hear your interpretation of it because uh, I feel like Australia is a is almost a perfect middle ground between England and America's comedy audiences. Um, what I've experienced personally, it seems like. And obviously, I haven't experienced the whole of America. I've just experienced like New York and LA. But the um, they just have they bring more energy in the states, and they just really they clap a lot. They love clapping, and you know if you do a callback in the states, people are just like, "Oh my God, structure!" You know, and it's like 
Well, I mean, a callback, to be fair, a callback works everywhere. I've got a callback in my show yeah. here, and it's just oh. like, that people people like it. You've seen my show, you know I love a callback. I yeah, it's good, callback. it's good. It, well, it makes people realize, oh, this is a thing. Yeah, yeah, like you put effort in. Yeah. And um, the, uh, the English audience are just naturally, we are just naturally very cynical. We're very cynical people. And I think... Whereas in America, it seems like they want it to be good. They really will you to be good. It's that it's the American way of like. Well, they wouldn't have come out if they didn't think it was going to exactly. be good. Exactly. Right? English people, we want it to be shit. That's in our nature that we want it to be like. You come out to watch a terrible show. Yeah, they, because we, you feel like you owe it to yourself. Someday, yeah, someone's yeah. going to do something good, and you don't want to miss that. But yeah. Really, realistically everything's terrible and it makes us feel good about ourselves because we're better than that person you know that's that's how depressing we are as a a country we're so depressing we we the perfect english show the perfect i would say the perfect american show for an audience is like oh my god everyone's so good everyone was amazing all the acts were incredible everyone smashed it the perfect show for an audience in england is if like one person smashes it one person dies so hard because that person who dies, that's the person we're going to talk about in the office on Monday. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's more important. Someone wants to clean your room. Yeah, should I don't we, know how to... Should, should I tell him to go? Could you tell him to go away and then I'll yeah. stall, I'll stall, and I'll just explain to the audience briefly that uh, a callback... Come back in like... Come back in a... Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. So a callback is when someone's does yeah, a joke awesome. that refers back to a joke earlier in the show that, that it's the same kind of premise and so yeah that's what a callback is it's not taking long enough because this explanation about how, when I'm going to be out of the room to have them putting it is taking longer yeah 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 oh oh now it's actually someone that I know that is at the door it's Alex Edelman is Alex out there yeah yeah, that's nice. Ugh. Do you have to go to do this lunch? We've got, you come to the lunch, all right? You come to the lunch? Well, I would, but I don't think I'm invited. What? I mean, I didn't know about it until I went down. To, you know, that th- it's such a terrible feeling. Like, are you going, are you going to Joel's 21st <laughs> red and black birthday party? I'm like, well, I didn't. I, that, I don't know about it. And you, oh, you, yeah, oh, like you I wasn't worse. invited. You turn up in green and you're like, oh, oh. I didn't get an invite. Yeah, they or they told me it was red and green. My friends told me that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I I don't think I don't. I didn't get to a notified of it. So I'm sure it would be Who's okay. Producing if I went. Here? Adam Hills is producing my show. Oh, so maybe not. Then yeah, maybe not. He's a nice person, but we don't get invited to everything. <laughs> We make our own fun. We're going to have a lunch later on where you guys don't get to come oh, at all. Oh, we're going to come back so full. I'm going to let everyone's going to be so happy. I'm going to be like, yeah. oh, we had the best time. Tell that story that you told. Tell us that. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm going to put Adam's and my lunch on YouTube. Um, <laughs> so, what we, so back to Just the... periscope your lunch. That'd be absolutely oh, great. Oh, that's too. a good idea. <laughs> yeah. and that's what I'm going to do outside your lunch. I'm going to come along and just periscope outside me trying to get in, looking in the window. Oh, look, is that, what is that? Cake? Are they having cake? <laughs> oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. So, in it. England, the perfect show is one person smashes it, one person dies a yeah. horrible death, yeah. and the whole audience feels better about themselves. Because they're just like, oh, they love it to be bad. I feel there's more general... 
I, 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 I can't. I feel bad saying stuff about American comedies because I really don't have much to base it on. But this is the general feel that I get is that um, it's very much more interactive with English audiences. I, I know there's a lot of sort of interaction with Americans too, but um, like we we have a compare. There's a different format generally, so we have the compare, which you, is an MC, MC, and then we have three three acts usually. Um, and then we have an interval. I know a lot of time you don't have intervals. Uh, well, because we have waitresses that go around yeah. serve drinks in in England. They get, they take a intermission so that people can go to the bar and buy drinks. Yeah, and then they all come back and sit down and sort themselves out. Yeah, you know, it, to <laughs> me, if we did that in America, it'd be like it'd be like okay, all of the first graders are going to go have a snack and then come back and we're going to, you know, it's like just to sort them out again would be it's terrible. It's carnage. It's yeah. carnage. We, um, we, you know, we, but there and here they do that too. They take the, they yeah. take a little break and people just come back down, sit, refocus themselves. Yeah. Let's watch the show. Yeah. It's And it's good. It's, you know, it's a little time off. Mm-hmm. Cause I, cause I think if you don't have intervals, then it, I find it really hard to, to focus. And I find it really hard, I, you know, I find myself wandering around and it's a long time to sort of stay like, if you have an interval, you're like, cool, refresh myself, get back, comedy, okay, here we go. Yeah. And then you all also right. don't have the sort of thing of collecting the bills and all that stuff. But so, always... and, and you think that the Australian audience is somewhere in between? Yeah, I think they've got that level of cynicism, but they also have the enthusiasm of the States. So I think they come expecting a good show and yet they've just kind of got a bit of um it's not like unbridled enthusiasm with nothing behind it you know there's there's a bit of sort of like i want yeah. this to be i want this to be a little bit good yeah in the states i feel like you have to go out and kind of get on with it a little bit yeah but they'll, but they'll allow you like get to know you tune into your wavelength and then when i was in london last summer i definitely felt like the first 20 minutes of the show was them deciding yeah if i was all right and then once they had decided, then the rest of the show yeah. was nice. And then people would say nice things at the end. But yeah. every show, it was like, really? I got to resell myself Yeah. every night? And it didn't matter what I did. It didn't matter if I started off with jokes at the beginning. It didn't matter if I went out and talked to people at the beginning. Yeah. It didn't matter if I just went up and told a little story about what I'd done that day. There was no getting around it. Like, we need to decide if you're okay. Yeah, and yeah, once yeah. Once you make that decision, we're going to watch the rest of the show. They're naturally you... just untrusting. They're just yeah. like, they just kind of, you can tell they sort of fold their arms and they're a bit like, I don't know whether I like this guy. And then suddenly they go, okay, you're on yeah. board, you know. And here the audiences feel, if and like you said about American audiences, I can't, uh, I only know what I know from going on stage two weeks here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, they they seem like, they're there to watch the show and do their best to enjoy it, no matter what it is. And then, um, when it's done, they're going to get on with their lives. Yeah. And so, yeah. Some, yeah. sometimes yeah. they're sometimes they're watching the show, and that's them doing their best, and, and yeah. they don't realize, like, oh, we could all be laughing out loud, but this is what this is what we're doing right now. <laughs> this you know? fine. And it's and it's that kind of in America. If it was if it if it was that quiet. You're, you'd start worrying that someone in the crowd was going to try and take over. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. But, but here, it definitely feels like they're just like, and you know, they're watching like, and then, and then what happened? Yeah, And then yeah. What, what did you do after that? What did you say? You know? <laughs> yeah, they genuinely want to find out. Yeah. It's like, come on, yeah, yeah, next bit of the story, yeah. please. Yeah. It's just, um, I, I do like it here. I think it's a good, it's a good vibe to the festival and the audiences. They definitely, 
uh, yeah. And it's also nice for me because my show, it's the first time I've ever done a festival where I really know the show, like a month-long festival. So, you know, I did the show in Edinburgh and then I did it, uh, uh, toured it a little bit and then uh, did it in London for a bit and now it's here. So usually when I'm in Edinburgh, I'm getting the show together. It's just new and I'm a bit like, oh, there's a hole here, there's a hole here, but I'm fixing it the best I can. And, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you're doing a bit and you're like, oh, I know this bit's okay, but I can't wait till I get to that bit. And, and then do you also do little shorter stand-up shows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you just yeah. you do a show where you just go up and do a 20-minute. So, like, the... The, the we, regular shows where you have the, the MC in three acts. You, yes, you, you do I do shows. that every night, yeah. yeah so yeah, okay. I, I still gig every day in London and or wherever wherever people want me to be and uh and then yeah and then i tour you know and i do other stuff and so i just sort of work up material and do clubs yeah. and things and um that's i kind of really enjoy that I, 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 touring is great i think it's lovely to play in front of your audience it's really lovely but i just i do whenever i do that i do really miss just being around the comics and my friends and yeah well when I was in London I had a fun the Soho Theatre was fun yeah but that was a very different kind of experience as this is a different kind of experience for me but my favorite night I think was when I went and did a set at the comedy store and it was went well and yeah. you know and Tom stayed who I'd met in the States was on the show and yeah so we went out for a beer afterwards and Glenn Wool was hanging out and you know it was really it was, yeah it was a fun night it's such a good community yeah. and I just I, I really love that I really love the community it's like and, uh, you know, I love being here, like in this massive apartment block where we've got all of my friends are here. Like such a good bunch. It of is people. like summer camp. It feels oh, like summer camp to me. I didn't go to university. So this is my university being in like Melbourne, hanging out with my friends. And well, we're running a red and black tent tomorrow. <laughs> I can't wait. We're all going to drink a dirty pint and make a speech. How about that for a show, man? That's such a good idea. Yeah. Oh my God. Imagine if you did that for a month. You, you put it on loved. a clock and move people down a dais so that when you get to the, you know, you drink the dirty pint on this end and there's four people ahead of you so that by the time it's your turn to make the speech, you, the pint is kicked in. Oh my God. I feel like not to make it all about rules, but if they can make out a Aussie rules football, we can make up the dirty pint show. Well, you could totally, you get an audience member to make a speech as if, like, as if the whole show is your 21st birthday party. It's a funny idea for a show. I'm thinking about. But like, um, I'd like weird little concepty things I like at the start of this show is really fun mm -hmm. I've got a video of me smoking a breadstick and on a like really epic hill and it looks really cool I'm wearing a leather jacket <laughs> like <laughs> I'm smoking a breadstick and then I um, and then I, it's like filmed a really cool way and then I throw the breadstick on the floor and crush it under my foot like it's a cigarette and then um, I get on a motorbike and then there's like uh, the camera's like if, uh, like on the motorbike behind the motorbike so you can just see the road like disappearing yeah. behind you and then I so I come on stage on this tiny little bike this little like BMX tiny wooden yeah. little motorbike little bike and then I sit on it and I have a fan in front of me a massive fan and it's blowing in my hair and it's a really epic 80s song and I'm just like like pretending to go whilst I've got the oh, wow. projection behind me disappearing and uh, then I stop and I throw a, uh, throw a helmet at someone in the audience. There's a big thing about trying to get them to catch the imaginary helmet. 
and and like they obviously don't catch it to start off with and you pick it back up and then you the imaginary helmet you throw it at them again and until they catch it and then then you like usher it to put them on their head and they put it on their head and then you go go on get on my motorbike and then they come on stage and they grab around your waist and then you just like put the fan back on and then they continue going on this is all the beginning of the show this is the beginning of the show it's such a fun beginning yeah yeah well and also they're gonna get on board they're gonna you're gonna have them before you have to actually start, start talking any jokes yeah. yeah it's perfect so it's uh it's a really it's really fun i like to put little sort of things like that in the shows to try and perk them up a bit i've got this fun bit where i talk about how when you used to get so angry as a kid when you used to uh, the, the angriest you used to get as a child was when you when you're watching your favorite program and your mum used to come in with a hoover and you'd just be oh yeah so anno- that, that that's the most angry you get as a kid it's like such little problems we had and you should get you to lift up your feet and stuff, all that stuff. And um, and you'd always miss the, your this bit of the program that you're like, oh, it's such an important bit. And uh, it's interesting you should say that because we had that happen during this podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> such an important bit of the podcast. Okay, yeah, yeah. she's coming in trying to trying to make it all look like your room is so tidy compared to mine. I mean, it's really it looks great. I'm a, I I guess well I don't know. I travel in hotels so much that my thing is like I try and have it organized a little bit. I'm going to take a photo of my room and send it to you and it's going to horrify you. I'm scared. Yeah. I like that you're taking a picture like don't come down and see it. Don't. You just got to. Because I don't even know what floor it's on. I know it's room 15, but nobody knows what floor it's on. It's exactly the same as this room. So it's like an alternate reality of Uh like your life. If you started drinking like really heavily three years ago, so like, you know, <laughs> it's like if it all went wrong, oh, this is good. what your room would look like. Good, like the mat would be like torn. It seems <laughs> like this is going to be a real confident self-esteem builder for me to see, yeah. see the photos of your room. Instead, in your diary, you have like you've ticked off not how many push-ups you've done, how many like Guinnesses you had that day. Yeah, didn't wet the bed. Check exactly, but essentially, but I was saying the the Hoover, and then yeah. so the sort of crescendo of the show. I got to say like a really important thing, and then my friend comes in with a Hoover, and and this interesting, <laughs> so stupid, <laughs> it's so fun just having my friend just Hoovering around me whilst I'm, and then I'm like, oh, you I like that you've got a really low paid part in your show like yeah. someone is getting completely financially screwed like Absolutely. I came to Edinburgh to vacuum for two minutes in, in your show hey, I just, this is going to sound strange could you hoover during my show just for a minute just for a minute please just for a minute um, well I know you got to get to the lunch and uh, oh I do well what do you do oh this is what I was going to ask so where can people go and see you, your stuff you got a website uh, yeah so joeldomit.com J O E L D O M M E T T. You petered out. You, you had the confidence there. You should have followed it through. You were right. All well, I wanted to put an I in there, and yeah. then I thought if I hesitate on the M, you'll help me out. And then a classic phrase: "There's no I in Domit." <laughs> there's yeah. There's, oh, that's nice. No, that's <laughs> nice. So JoelDomit.com. And do you, have you recorded these shows? Can people watch? Can people get um, downloads yeah, so or DVDs or whatnot? At the moment, I'm working on um, recording my show. I've recorded the, this show at the Soho Theatre, and um, um, at the moment, getting someone to animate it. So, because I thought, I don't, you know, people just watch stand up all the time now. So I thought I'd try and maybe do it in an interesting way. So I'm getting, so at the moment, someone's animating my stand up. Uh, it's going to be, I think, 35 minutes. I'm going to edit it out. 
And that'll, that's called Conquer. Yeah. 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 So that's going to be online. But there's loads of stuff online. You know, follow me on Twitter, I suppose, and all that bunch. Yeah. And what is it on Twitter? It's at... Just, like, just Joel Domit. Just Joel yeah. Domit. Joel yeah. Domit. But it's... Uh, it's uh, yeah, I'm, I'm around. If you ever come to London, just uh, give me a shout. If anyone, yeah, if he's in room fifteen. I'm in room fifteen. I just want—it's a bloody pleasure to have you here at the festival, Drake. It's well, I'm really guy. having a great time. Such it's a good it's just so good. I like to end with a high five. Do you do high fives? I will absolutely. Yeah, do let's that. do it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, and uh, don't forget—don't give up. There will be plenty of time to give up later. <laughs>